Good morning, friends. It's great to be with you again this morning. My name is Matt, and I serve as one of the pastors here. Our scripture reading this morning is in the book of Proverbs, chapter 1, verses 20 to 33. We're continuing on in our sermon series in the Proverbs this summer. We kicked off our study in Proverbs back in June with a sermon from Proverbs 1, and then we've been jumping around at various topics and seeing what Proverbs has to teach us. But now, We're back in chapter one again. What's the deal with that? What is up? Why are we back in chapter one? Well, I I think it's good for us. Proverbs would even go so far as to say it's wise for us to look at uh, chapter one again because it's easy for us to move beyond the basics, to think we need something more than the fundamentals, uh, the, the elementary principles of wisdom. Uh, it's, it's easy for us. The temptation for all of us is to approach the book of Proverbs uh, like a BuzzFeed article. All right, what do I mean by that? It's easy for us to look at Proverbs and look, at, look for techniques rather than wisdom, to say that Proverbs shows us four things about how to kill our pride or three things to look for in friendships. And we uh, try to take those techniques and, and separate it from the wisdom that's necessary to make these techniques good for us in the first place. And so the book of Proverbs is here for us. In fact, the gospel itself reminds us that we never graduate from the basics. Right? We, we never move on from the elementary principles. So consider this our Vince Lombardi sermon. All right? uh, I mean by this, uh, Vince Lombardi was a successful football coach. Uh, he used to begin training camp every year by going into the locker room, by bringing the team together in a huddle and just holding up a football and saying, gentlemen, this is a football. Right? The, the, whole, the whole game of football revolves around this thing. And so let's not... Let's not, in our, in our study of Proverbs, in our looking at how Proverbs seeks to instruct every, every corner of our lives by forgetting what's most essential, by beginning with what's most important. So we could easily say, ladies and gentlemen, this is wisdom. All right, these are the words of eternal life, as the apostle Peter would say. The book of Proverbs isn't here just to simply give us life hacks for life. It's meant to impart into our hearts, into our lives, the wisdom the, uh, the knowledge of generations so that we would become uh, a wise people and not crushed by our own foolishness. So let's go to God's word together. Let's see what Proverbs 1 has to say and let's pray and then we'll dive in together. So here now, words of Proverbs beginning in chapter 1, verse 20 to 33. Wisdom cries aloud in the street. In the markets, she raises her voice. At the head of the noisy streets, she cries out, At the entrance of the city gates, she speaks. How long, O simple ones, will you love being simple? How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge? If you turn at my reproof, behold, I will pour out my spirit to you. I will make my words known to you. Because I have called and you refuse to listen, have stretched out my hand and no one has heeded. Because you have ignored all my counsel and would have none of my reproof. I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when terror strikes you. When terror strikes you like a storm and your calamity comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you, then they will call upon me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently and will not find me. Because they hated knowledge, they did not choose the fear of the Lord. would have none of my counsel and despised all my reproof. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their way and have their fill of their own devices. 
For the simple are killed by their turning away, and the complacency of fools destroys them. But whoever listens to me will dwell secure and will be at ease without dread of disaster. Heavenly Father, as we come to your word, we pray that what we have not, you will give us. What we know not, you will teach us. And what we are not, Lord, you will make us for your glory and our good. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so if this is our back to basics sermon this morning, let's, let's approach the text the way that a beginner would. All right, so kids, where are you? Kids, it's so good that you're in worship with us this morning. Uh, remember back to your school days when your teacher is teaching you how to read a story or interpret a text. How do you do it? How do you go about it? Well, right, you, you, you ask five W questions and one H, right? You ask who, what, when, where, why, and how. Right, so we're, that's what we're going to do this morning. And I know it just gave us a six-point sermon, but I promise we'll move through it quickly. It's a what you see is what you get message. So let's ask who, what, why, when, who, what, when, where, why, and how of our passage and see what God's word has for us today. So let's start with who. All right, who is speaking in this passage and who are they speaking to? Well, the, this answer actually comes to us very quickly. The very first word of our passage, we find out who is speaking, and that is a woman named Wisdom. The collective wisdom of the book of Proverbs has been personified. She's been distilled into a single person whose name is Wisdom, and she's crying out to, to uh, a, a listening audience. And so who's Wisdom talking to? Well, that's also very simple. Look at verse 22. We find that uh, Lady Wisdom is speaking to three groups of people. Uh, she's speaking to the simple ones, the scoffers, and the fools. Now, the book of Proverbs, as we've seen, has a lot to say about those three groups of people. But for our sakes, here's what uh, makes each group distinct. All right, so first off, we have the simple ones, right? They, they're the uninitiated. Uh, they're the naive. They're the ones with very limited life experience. Other translations uh, actually substitute the word simple with the word gullible. And we all know who gullible people are, right? Like they believe every voice. They listen to, to, every, to every person. And they care way too much about what people think, all right? So those are the simple ones. They listen to every voice. The scoffer, on the other hand, they don't care at all what other people think, right? They don't listen to every voice because they're not listening to any voice. Uh, they, hear, they take what they hear and they spit it back out in a mocking, uh, in a mocking way. They use sarcasm, right, to prevent, uh, to, to, to disengage and not, and not enter into conversation. They'll use buzzwords to kind of shut down conversation and, and limit reflection. Uh, we all know the scoffers in the world. Uh, but then there are the fools, right? If the simple listen to every voice and the scoffers don't listen to any voice, the, the fools uh, listen to their own voice, right? They're not listening to any voice. They're just listening to, to their own voice. They, they have a deeply ingrained sense of what they think is right, and, and they follow their intuition almost exclusively. Uh, it takes, uh, there's very little that will actually make them change course or shift direction uh, because they think that they know what's best, so these are the groups of people that wisdom is calling out to. Uh, and, and it's an exhaustive list, right? It, it plays through the whole spectrum. And so before we move on, it, it would be good for us to sort of plot ourselves on that continuum. Uh, of these three groups of people, which one most describes you? Uh, odds are, if you're younger, you, you might fall into that simple category. Uh, you're listening to every voice, uh, particularly the voices of those that you admire and want to be like. And so you're constantly changing yourself in order to be accepted by that group of people, to be brought in to the inner circle. 
uh, you, you care deeply about what other people think, and so you might be a simple person in that way. Uh, or you might be uh, the foolish. You might you might be uh, more more so in the fool's category. Uh, you've lived life for a while, right? You've picked up a thing or two along the way. You've gone a few rounds with life, and, and you're not really looking for suggestions anymore. You you kind of have an idea of, of the way the world is, and so you're just going your own way, knowing that that you've picked up enough along the way, you're good. And maybe you've listened to this list and you've said, I'm not any of those things. Well, congratulations, you're the scoffer in the group. Uh, That is you. Um, So no matter who you are this morning, wisdom is calling out to you. And so if that's who, all right, if that's the who question, now we're on to what. What is wisdom's message? What what is wisdom saying to us, to the simple, the, the scoffers, the fools? Well, look down with me at verses 22 and 23. Wisdom begins by saying, she cries out, how long? How long will the simple persist in being simple? The scoffers with scoffing, the fools with being foolish. And then she says, turn to me, right? Listen to my voice and I'll impart to you the deep things of the world. See, in other words, wisdom is saying to to all three groups of people that we're all listening to the wrong voices, Right, the, the simple listening to every voice, the, the scoffer listening to no voice, the fool listening to their own voice, and that we need to, to actually turn, a, turn around and go a different way instead of listening to all of those voices, all the cacophony and the barrage of voices out there in the world, we need to listen to wisdom's voice, to hear her words and to follow after her. Wisdom is calling out to us so that we might hear her voice and alter our trajectory. And, and don't you see how wisdom's call actually cuts across all of our, disposi- all of our predispositions, right? Like wisdom, it, wisdom confronts the simple by, by, by telling to us that the, that the path to wisdom, right, the way to the good life can't be crowdsourced, right? It, like wisdom isn't just what the popular voices say or what the way that, or, or the voices of the culture and what they, what they say. Like the, the, the voices of, of the masses might appear to have wisdom, but in the end, they're just a blind guide, Right? And do you notice how, how, the word, how the voice of wisdom challenges the voice of the fool by saying that, that your intuitions, like, like your gut might, might be helpful in many instances, but your gut, your intuitions aren't right all the time. Right? There, there's a way that seems right to you instinctively, but it's not the way that leads to life. Right? There, is, there, is more to, there is more to this life, there's more to wisdom than just what your intuitions can tell you. The, the advice to look in yourself, to find yourself, that's actually empty and ruinous, right? Wisdom challenges uh, the, the, the voices of the, of the simple, the, the voice of the fool. And, and do you see how wisdom's call also cuts across the scoffer's uh, in, uh, disposition as well, right? Wisdom says uh, that, there, that there is actually a good way to live, right? Rather, rather than being cynical or, or, or hopeless or just resigned to, to, the, to the futility of life, there's actually a way forward that fills your, that fills your future with hope and not despair, Right? Wisdom calls to all of us, whether, whether we're following the crowd or chasing our dreams or wallowing in our disappointments. And wisdom says that we're all headed down a wrong path. And unless we turn and walk in the direction of her voice, we're, we're headed for a big crash. Right? There's, there's a way that seems right to us, but in the end, it only leads to death. And so wisdom calls out to us, and her call sounds a little counterintuitive. It, it, runs, against, it runs against the grain of, of all of our of all the ways that we're wired. And she says that it's only in her voice, it's only in responding to her that we'll have life. 
And so if that's what wisdom's call is, that, that we're all headed down a wrong direction, headed towards a big crash, right? Then, then when should we listen to her message, right? When should we respond to wisdom's call? It, well, the answer seems obvious, right? Like today, like today, if you're hearing these words right now, today is the day that you ought to turn around and follow in wisdom's direction. See, in wisdom's message here, there, we read that there's a warning embedded in her, in her sermon uh, that, that we ought to turn to her now because we're not promised later. Right? We ought to turn to wisdom today because we're not promised tomorrow. Because wisdom takes a lifetime to accumulate, Right, because it grows slowly through, through the years and the, and the experiences, wisdom is telling us to turn to her now because, and, until, and because when the storms of life come, we're, we're not going to be ready to, to respond to them and, and be saved when, when destruction comes knocking. You see, in verse 27, wisdom is a realist. Right? She, she says that there is a storm coming. Difficulty is part of what it means to be alive, to be human. Like man is born to trouble, as Job says. And so we, we need to be prepared for, for the storms of life or else we'll be caught unprepared. And, and notice that while wisdom tells us we can't escape the storms of life, she does say that we can, we can prepare now to be sheltered from, from, its, from, its, from its destruction and damage. We can mitigate the fallout of the storms of life. And notice in verses 31 and 32 that wisdom laments that the destruction of the foolish is not just because the storms of life came and that they were unprepared, but it's that because they also chose to be unprepared, right? They, they chose to remain simple and foolish and scoffing instead of becoming wise. And you see here, friends, this is where God's word uh, is, 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 a, is useful to us because the word of God does not try to coddle us or, or avoid hard truths. It clearly says that, that if we don't listen to God's voice, it's like we're cutting off the branch we're sitting on, right? Like choosing to turn away from the voice of God is like choosing suicide. We bring disaster and destruction upon ourselves because uh, we, we think we know more than the God who made us. We think we know more than the God who created uh, the world and brought order to it. And we think that we know better than our maker. And, be, and judgment, wisdom says, is both something that God sends because he's a just God and will not allow sin and rebellion to persist in his world. But, it, but destruction is also something that we, that we choose for ourselves because we, we say to God, our will be done instead of saying to God, your will be done. And the longer that we delay in getting wisdom, the harder it actually becomes for us to turn to God, to, to, to turn to wisdom in the end. Uh, a Scottish pastor uh, from a couple centuries ago, and a guy named Robert Murray McShane, he puts it this way. He, he writes, as long as you are unconverted, or as long as you, uh, as long as you may remain unpersuaded by the gospel or by, by pursuing wisdom according to God, you are under a double process of hardening. The frosts of an eternal night are settling down upon your souls, and the sun of righteousness with westering wheel is hastening to set upon you forevermore. If then the plow of grace cannot force its way into your ice-bound heart today, what likelihood is that it will enter into it tomorrow? Right? The time to listen to wisdom, friends, is today. Not, not someday, but this day. And, and if that's when, right, we should listen to wisdom then, then where can we find her? Where can we find wisdom? Where is wisdom giving her message? We'll jump up to the top of our passage again with me. Look at verses 20 and 21. And, and, and isn't this good? Like, don't, don't, uh, look, look, at, look at the test. Don't, don't move too quickly by it. 
Uh, because the wisdom, because the message that wisdom has is so urgent, right? Turn to me or be destroyed. Because the, the message is so urgent, don't you love how her, how her body language reflects that urgency as well? Right? Like if, I, if I were to tell you to go get wisdom, your mind might go to, think, uh, to something like, okay, I need to go to school or I need to study at the university. I need to trek up some Himalayan mountain and find a guru there and ask him about his, about his wisdom. Uh, that's what we think, right? But notice in this passage that it's not us having to go on some journey to find wisdom, but rather it's wisdom who comes to us. Right? Wisdom doesn't stay in some ivory tower waiting for people to come and find her. No, we find wisdom where, wherever, we, wherever we happen to be ourselves. Wisdom goes to us. She goes to the simple in, in the city streets. She goes to the scoffers in the marketplace. She goes to the fools in the noisy streets. And she comes to us all at the city gates and cries out to us. Right? Because wisdom is not indifferent to our plight, but she comes to us in, in order to give us the best possible opportunity to hear her voice and to turn in her direction. And, and, it isn't, and isn't it amazing that wisdom doesn't just give her words to us, but if you look down at verse 24, you know what, you know what she does as well? She, she reaches out her hand, right? She stretches out her arm. And she, she tries to grab hold of your attention and say that, that, that you need to, to come and follow after her. She doesn't just come after you with her words, but she comes after, her, she comes after you with her hands, right? The urgency of her message led wisdom to not just uh, give her words, but to give her body as well to meet us where we are, to compel us to a better path, a life that isn't governed by the voices of the crowd or by our own intuitions, but, but by the only voice that can give us life. And doesn't that want to make you ask why? Like, why does wisdom go to these great lengths in order to make us hear her voice? Why, why does wisdom go to these lengths for the, for the foolish, the simple, the scoffers in the world? She, she goes to greater lengths than, than you and I would go for those kinds of groups of people as well, right? There's only a certain amount of, uh, there's only a certain amount of, uh, of things that we can do to put up with these kinds of people, but do you notice the lengths that wisdom goes to for them? Why is wisdom so, so, con- so concerned with these people? Well, well, simply put, it's not because wisdom wants anything from those people. I mean, what do they have to offer? It's that wisdom wants something for those people, right? W- wisdom wants something for those people. You notice in verse 23 what she wants to give to the people who turn to her voice. She says that if you turn and follow after me, I'll give you my spirit. I'll, I'll fill you with my thoughts so that you're able to, to see the, the order and the grain of the world so you can live your life according to it and not against it. That she'll make her words known to you that you can understand how the world really is and live accordingly. And that's not all. You jump down to verse 33 and you see what else she wants to give you? She, she wants to help you dwell secure. She wants you to be at ease without dread of disaster. That, that when the storms of life come, that, that you can find shelter under her wing, under, under her provision and the, and the wisdom that she has to impart for you. You see, at the end of the day, friends, wisdom wants for you the very same things that you want for yourself. Right? All, all of us here, we want we want belonging, we want love, we want acceptance, we want intimacy, we want security and comfort. And, and wisdom is telling you that, that you don't need to give up those things in order to have wisdom, but, but wisdom is saying that you can't have those things unless you have wisdom. The, that, that there are some things in life that you can only get by pursuing first things first and then second things get thrown in, as C.S. Lewis says. Well, wisdom is one of those first things that if we run after belonging or acceptance without pursuing wisdom, we're not going to get it. But if we pursue wisdom, 
And we find that we get all of these things and more. Wisdom is a first thing, and that's why, and that's why she's so adamant. That's why she comes to us, because she wants, she, she wants the things that we want, but she knows that we're, we're, we're trying to get those things in the wrong way. That's why she goes out. So these five W questions, who, what, when, where, why, bring us to, the, to our final question, and that's how. In light of all we've heard, in light of wisdom's message to us, how should we respond? What are we to do? Well, well, wisdom tells us what to do in verse 23. She says we should turn to wisdom. We should turn toward her. Uh, in, in the Hebrew, the original language of Proverbs, the word that we read here, turn, is also used in other places in the Old Testament as the word repent. Literally, to, to, to turn around. That, that you're walking in one direction and that you uh, renounce and say no to going down this way and I'm gonna turn and walk in the other direction. And wisdom is telling us to do that, to, to, to repent, to turn away from, from, from following the voices of the crowd or our own intuition or just uh, blatant disregard for, the, for all the voices in the world, but to take heed of wisdom's voice and to walk in her direction. That, that no matter who you are, we, we agree with wisdom's assessment of ourselves, that in our own way we are foolish, we're, we're scoffing, we're simple, and we, turn away, and we turn and walk in the direction of wisdom. And what does that look like for us in this room? Well, wisdom isn't, for us, wisdom isn't some abstract or, or you know it when you see it concept. Wisdom for us, friends, is a person. And his name is Jesus. In the New Testament, in the book of Colossians, the Apostle Paul uh, writes this. He describes Jesus as the one in whom is hidden all the, all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Right? Jesus is wisdom with skin on. He, he's and, and like woman wisdom himself, uh, Jesus doesn't stay in the ivory tower, right? Jesus doesn't stay off in some distant land waiting for people to come to him. No, Jesus comes to us. He, he, he comes to the, the, the city streets and the city gates and the marketplaces and the noisy streets of the world in order to, to make his wisdom known to us, to, to call us to follow him and not, and not the voices or, or, the, or the broad path of the world as the gospel writer Matthew says. And, and it's interesting, uh, another gospel writer, Mark, the, the first words that, that he records Jesus saying is the same word, it's the same call that wisdom has for us in verse 23, and that is repent, right? Mark chapter one, verses 14 and 15, Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven is at hand, so repent, turn away and, and believe the gospel, right? Turn away from building your own kingdoms and f- come and find life in my kingdom, and like Lady Wisdom in Proverbs, Jesus is a realist. He, he, Jesus recognizes that there, that there is a storm coming, that judgment is on its way, and judgment is, is final, it's irreversible. And so he, you, need to, you need to be careful about what you're building your life on. Jesus takes the words of, of Lady Wisdom here in Proverbs 7, and he puts them in his own mouth in the Sermon on the Mount when he says that, that whoever hears these words of mine and does them is like the wise person who builds their house on the rock. And then the storms come and the winds uh, beat down on that house, but it stands because its foundation was secure. But whoever hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like the foolish person building their home on the sand. And the rains come and the, and the winds blow and beat against that house and great is the fall of it. Right? Jesus recognizes that, that, that the storm is coming and so we need to hear his voice and build our lives on, on his word, on his wisdom, and so find shelter from the storm. But, but Jesus gives us more than his words, friends. He gives us his body as well. 
in our Proverbs passage, we read that Lady Wisdom stretched out her arm to help save the wayward from death. But, you know, Jesus on the cross, he, stretched out, he stretches out both his arms and he tastes death for us so that we would have life in him. Right? Jesus saw the storm of God's, of God's wrath on, on sin and rebellion coming, and so he takes our place in the storm so that we would find shelter and protection in his sacrifice and resurrection. He, he took our place so that we wouldn't be destroyed. And, and not only that, friends, Jesus gives us more. Uh, G, Lady Wisdom said that if we turn to her, she'll give us her spirit to make her thoughts known to us. But you know, Jesus gives us his spirit to empower us to turn to follow Jesus, and, and that Holy Spirit makes God's word known to us. It makes the thoughts of God accessible, understandable, applicable for our lives as well. And, and, and the promise of wisdom in verse 33, that, that if you listen to my voice, you will have ease, you will, you will dwell secure without dread of, dread of destruction. Jesus is the one who, who, puts, who puts skin on that promise, right? In Matthew 11, Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary and are heavily, heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Right, friends? It's, it's only in the person of Jesus, wisdom incarnate, uh, and it's in listening to his voice that we find wholeness and joy in life. All the things that we want for ourselves, we find in Jesus and in him alone. It's, you see, friends, that's, that's why the Christian life, that's why the, the, the wise life is never moving beyond the basics, right? Jesus is not just the ABCs of the Christian life. He, he is A to Z, right? He, he's not just the, the shallow end of the pool. He's, he's the whole pool. And so let's, let's refocus our, our hearts. Let's, let's put our, our, all our attention on Jesus because it's in him that we have all things. And friends, if you're here today and you're, you're hearing wisdom you're hearing the voice of Jesus call out to you. Today is the day to hear his voice and to follow after him. Come to Jesus and experience the rest that only he can give. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you that you uh, are a God who is not indifferent to our foolishness. Lord, that you sent your only son Jesus to us, not just to make us wise, but to make us whole. Help us, Lord, to live lives that that reflect your goodness and your grace. Help us to respond to your call this day, whether for the first time or for the thousandth time. Lord, help us to not graduate from the gospel. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.